Our guest is Zara Natter. She's an Afghan-Canadian journalist, editor-in-chief of a new initiative called Zan Times. Obviously a difficult anniversary, but from your perspective, um, when we talk about women's rights, I, we spoke about this the last time we talked, just about how women are increasingly being shoved back into the shadows of Afghan society. Uh, how was it to reflect back on one year under the Taliban, one year since uh, since the fall of Kabul? It was a very difficult year for all of us, for all of us that has a root in Afghanistan and uh, the generation who grew up with some form of freedom in the past 20 years. We all felt sort of we saw that our dreams, our hope for making, for building a better future in Afghanistan was destroyed in front of our eyes. And that was very difficult. So it was a very difficult year for all of us, but particularly and especially for women and girls in Afghanistan who are deprived of their basic human rights uh, to very basic like rights to education and work that is something that we don't have any country in the world so afghanistan is right now the only country in the world that denies uh girls the right to education and that is very very frustrating to see that not a lots of uh international responses coming in to just say that this is not acceptable that this should not be happening but um i think most of the frustration and the pain come from that point that we really feel um, left alone, betrayed, and uh, we feel that sort of we are left alone with a group that NATO and NATO allies were in, in, in Afghanistan for 20 years fighting these groups, but now women of Afghanistan are just left alone there and um, sort of the countries who for the past 20 years claim that they are supporting women's rights in Afghanistan, that they would stand for women's rights in Afghanistan, are now just saying, oh, like this is very concerning the situation in Afghanistan and the Taliban are doing this. But the, we don't get sort of response that this is not acceptable, that this should not be happening, that we are taking an action, that we are imposing sanction on the Taliban, that we will not allow the Taliban's normalization. And uh, there should be some international action against the Taliban. And that is what we are not seeing. And that makes this frustration even more for us, you know. Yeah, I can imagine it. And, and for listeners to understand, I mean, Afghanistan has a very large young population. A lot of that population grew up, I mean, during the time that uh, that the Taliban was no longer in power. And and certainly, you know, girls who grew up uh, in a society where they could go to school, could go to university, could have aspirations uh, for careers in, in the professions and so on. It, it feels like that's all been taken away very quickly. Yes, it did. And that is the most uh, painful thing when, when I'm talking to most of the women and girls in Afghanistan, especially that now we have a uh, media running and we mostly talk to them, we interview them. And that is the sense of desperation that we get. They're saying that we were working, uh, even most of them, they're telling that even the schools are open would be open if there is no career for us and if the school material or the school of what we are learning is being changed to their religious text would that really help us of course not and the thing is that we don't see a bright future for ourselves even we get out of school what would be our prospect because we know that the taliban uh, limited women's work to very like uh, sectors in healthcare and education and that is very narrow as well so not all women in those uh, professions also can work so that is a difficulty that we are seeing 
that this generation, they, for us, Taliban was a past history. We never thought that we would be dealing with the Taliban again because we were reading, we were just shivering, oh, like what a situation that our mother, our grandmother lived through. And we were young. So when the first first time the Taliban were around, I was a young girl and I was a refugee. Um, I was forced to, my family was forced to seek refuge in Iran and I was deprived of the right to education. And I, um, that pain, that trauma I still carry with myself. And uh, I am sort of heartbroken to see that the same thing and worse than that is happening to another generation of women who really, really have high hope that we will be changing the, the, the future, that we will be building a country that we deserve to live in. It seems so counterproductive for a country that needs economic growth to shut out half its population, and an educated half its population at that point. I mean, I understand the theocracy, the mullocracy of, of, of the Taliban, but it seems so self-defeating to shut out all these educated, ambitious, smart women from the workforce. That is what the Taliban is about. You know, like we, uh, there is sort of different level of talk with the Taliban, but what we are not seeing is that you, the Taliban have no sort of ref, uh, flexibility for women's rights, because according to their narrow uh, misogynist ideology, women um, are should be deprived of the rights to social political participation, the right to education, because they certainly believe that the society is where men can function, and they really believe in the superiority of one sex over all others. And that is the base for their uh, gender apartheid regime that they are building. So when we are seeing that women are not allowed to go to school, uh, they are not allowed to participate in social life and as you mentioned that their policy put half of the population basically under house arrest can a society function when half of its population is put under house arrest by the by the ruler of that country so that is the sort of thing that women of afghanistan are suffering through right now i know that some uh, there are protests some have tried to fight back uh, what has been the result of that over the past year for those who have stood up and tried to speak out about what's happening we are seeing a lot that they are being suppressed brutally. They are being beaten on the streets. Uh, earlier, we had many women came came out on the uh, on the streets uh, from uh, in several provinces, but they were harshly uh, suppressed. Um, we are also working on. Uh, we are investigating the ways that the Taliban have uh, disappeared, forcefully disappeared, and killed women protesters in Afghanistan. And we are seeing the number of outside protests are really decreasing because that is the level of suppression, the level of that the Taliban are making sure that women do not get out. We know that they have arrested many women who came out and asked for their rights, basically. And what the Taliban did was that they forced them, they released their forced confession. Uh, making them to say that, yes, we participated in a protest and we asked our right because somebody else was from outside the country wanted us to do this. That is the sort of treatment that the Taliban are treating women's activists, the women who just only peacefully, they're asking that our rights should be protected. And the Taliban imprisoned them, the Taliban tortured them, the Taliban arrest them. And in some cases, we have women who are missing uh, almost a year now. And the media, especially the media, is particularly uh, under censorship, under suppression. So we have a lots of journalists who are trying to cover the women's protests. They are being beaten. Their equipment's uh, broken. They were sometimes arrested. So this all go hand in hand. The, the suppression of information, the suppression of women protesters, all of this are happening 
happening. And um, unfortunately, we don't get a lot to hear about uh, in the media. Our guest is Zara Natter. She's an Afghan-Canadian journalist, editor-in-chief of a new initiative called Zan Times. Uh, you spoke before the break about uh, just how hard it is to get information out about what's happening to women in Afghanistan right now. Tell me a bit about Zan Times and what and what the what the mission is uh, for Zan Times and what you'll be trying to cover, whose voices you'll be trying to amplify. Thank you. Uh, so basically, let me start from the name. Zan is basically means woman in Dari or Farsi. And Zan Times is basically our way of uh, trying to reflect on the most severe crisis of our time. Uh, we are a group of mainly women journalists and writers. Uh, for the past year, we came together. We were talking about how we are suffering collectively and how difficult it is to get information. We, we are from the community and we know most of the women who are protesting. We are in contact with them. We are talking to them. So we are aware of the situation that is going there. But to get that information out was a little bit difficult. Uh, and we came together, we decided that what we need right now is the voices of women. In Afghanistan, uh, the, the way the media and politics work is all the work of men, and men are deciding what is news and what's politics and what should be talking about and who is the source of the news. What we are trying to do at Zan Times is trying to shift the source of news uh, to the most marginalized, to the one that we don't get to hear from them. We are trying to see what is happening in uh, for women and girls in Afghanistan when they are not allowed to go to school, what is happening to them in their house, how they are suffering. Uh, for example, we are talking to women in uh, one of my colleagues, we are working on a story. One of my colleagues said that she talked to women in uh, southern Afghanistan where uh, mainly Taliban uh, stronghold. She said that this woman, they're saying that we are being forced to, to have a mahram to wear full hijab, even when we are in our uh, already uh, gender segregated office in the very warm weather. But we are doing this. We are doing this because we know that the aim is to erase us. They do not want us to be to be in this office to work. So for us to still be there, even under a burqa, we are we are okay for it. We want our right to be respected. We want when we fight for it, and we are not willing to give up, even if the Taliban is forcing us to wear burqa. I think that's a strong st- statement from a woman who is suffering a lot, but is still standing and saying, "No, we are not going to give up. We are going to fight, and we are going to go to work. We are going to get this grip." And do not give up because the Taliban uh, harasses, because the Taliban tell us that we, we have to have a mahram when we get out. So one of them were telling that when I'm trying to get a taxi, I wasn't able to get a taxi because everybody was saying, oh, you don't have a mahram. So we, if we get you in a car, we will be getting in trouble. The Taliban will stop us and ask uh, for uh, for your mahram and we right. would be in trouble. A, so mahram she- is, a mahram is a guardian. Is that right? Uh, Mahram, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mahram is, uh, sorry, I just... Right. Uh, that's a no, no, that's that's yeah. just to clarify. That's a male yeah, chaperone. So the male chaperone, yeah. Yes, it's either a, a, a woman's brother, husband, uh, uncle, basically somebody that you... Uh, a relative, a close male right. relative. What kind of impact are you hoping this will have? Who are you hoping will read it and see these stories? 
I think we are targeting two kind of audience. We are publishing in uh, Dari Farsi and also in English. For our Dari Farsi, our hope is to have a discussion between us, the people of Afghanistan, the voices of the most marginalized that we don't get to hear. For example, our aim is to cover new to cover human rights situation from the perspective of women, uh, LGBT community, and also uh, looking into environmental issues. The three topics that are undercovered. Uh, very marginalized in Afghanistan. And we are hoping to bring their discussion into the table and enable them to tell their story, to say how they are suffering, how they are living, what is happening in their lives. Uh, this is between like also for the Persian one, I say the audience is more inclusive for, Afan for Afghanistan, for us to speak with each other, to share our vision for the future, the future we want to build uh, and the future we deserve. For the English website, we are hoping that our English audience who are reading, uh, who are interested to know what is really happening for women in Afghanistan. We know we are hearing here and there, but we are not sure what's happening. So we give them an opportunity to read from Afghan uh, women journalists to see what's happening. And we are also bringing a narrative, first-hand narrative. We are asking our audiences to write for us about their lives. So they also write for us about how they are living, uh, what's happening in their lives, in their own uh, words. And we are just editing and making it accessible for an English audience. But Sarah, I mean, that does sound like dangerous work, though. For anyone who's been in Afghanistan, one knows that it, it is dangerous. You put your life on the line when you when you stick your neck out. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, what we are trying to do is to make this accessible. We we are working, uh, so mainly most of us are right now in exile, but we do have journalist colleagues in Afghanistan. Our first priority is to safeguard our colleagues in Afghanistan to be able to, so they will not be going to the Taliban or reporting or covering their uh, press conference right. because we see the Taliban as a, the one that is violating, that is bringing this oppression to women, to marginalized people, and we are not willing to give our platform to them. Our way is mostly making this accessible for those who are leaving and resisting the Taliban's violation. Um, so our source is the people, the women who are living. So we are doing more community reporting. So, for example, uh, one of my colleagues is in northern Afghanistan. The way that she works is that she monitored the community and she, like, for example, she a, a few weeks ago, she sent me a voicemail, a voice message said, oh, you know, the Taliban had a gathering in the mosque. And they say that uh, uh, village elders, even if father and brother do allow their daughters or wife to get out alone, village elders should be the one not allowing them to do so. Um, that is the sort of reporting that we don't get to hear a lot. And we are hoping uh, in Zan times that we will be able to do a different work to bring the voices that we don't get to hear. And hopefully politicians here who talk a lot about uh protecting women's rights in, in Afghanistan. We'll have a look as well. Uh, Zara, thank you so much. Good luck with your project. Congratulations on launching this. It sounds like something that is desperately needed. And I uh, look forward to having a look and catching up with you again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Ben for having me this opportunity.